Lucy's in the sky. We've got some ordinary love. We're going to explore a cave and we're going to get sticky with Honey Boy. I'm Van Connor. And I'm Bex Perfect. And this is your seven day guide to everything movies here at Off Screen. Boom. Groovy. Welcome to Off Screen. Oh, man, it's been an interesting week of movies, wouldn't but, you say? There is the run-up to Christmas, isn't it? So we've got some big hitters to come. And yeah. we've got to have a couple kind of quieter weeks in yeah. the meanwhile. Yeah, okay, I get you know? that, yeah. This is definitely what you would call a quieter one, I suppose. Uh, I don't know. We've got one that's not on the list this week, which is Motherless Brooklyn. Motherless Brooklyn. Which yeah. I'm happy to give you a little two pennies worth of that because I have By seen means, it. Please yeah. do, please tell me. Because yeah. I didn't get to see it. What is Motherless Brooklyn? Oh. Like? Edward Norton? Do you know what? If you're following the awards trail, mm. this is going to be one that you're going to want to keep an eye on because, yes, Edward Norton, amazing cast, Willem Dafoe, um, uh, Bruce Willis. We've got Gugu and... I nearly called him his character name. That's why yeah, I paused. Yeah. Frank. Uh, <laughs> so basically, um, Ed Norton plays um, a guy called Lionel who's a, a part of a private investigator group yeah. uh, in the 1950s Brooklyn. And he has Tourette's syndrome, but he's also got like this photographic memory and incredible knowledge, uh, ability to remember loads of different things. Mm. And when his um, boss, Frank, uh, perishes, he leaves him. Who's the boss of interest? Who plays the boss? Uh, Bruce Willis. Oh, that's Bruce Willis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And when he sort of dies very early yeah. on in the film no spoilers don't worry so bruce willis um, got his million dollar a day rate for just doing like a day's worth of film stop it now <laughs> um basically it's all about this kind of unfinished case which mm. lionel has to go and explore ah, okay. and, and and for me it's got a bit of everything it's got jazz it's got politics it's got you know the, that kind of mob feel about it and it just works incredibly well and you know what if anyone's up against joaquin phoenix for yeah. um Joker for best actor is going to be Ed Norton. Oh, okay, that's yeah. interesting. interesting there you go. Do you know, I saw Ed Norton in this building two weeks ago promoting that film. Do you know what? Yeah. yeah. And it, I mean, he's, he wrote the screenplay, he directed it, yeah. he's very invested. I, he hasn't directed anything in a while. I remember him directing Keeping the Faith in 1999 2000 with Ben Stiller and Janet Elfman, but that's about it. Um, let's go to something that's uh, very, very well directed, but I don't think either of us would ever call a good film then. <laughs> yeah, I've just listened to your slot with uh, with Julia talking about exactly you, this, yeah. so I know what I'm Did in you, for. I, I quite liked her... her <laughs> yeah. So Lucy in the Sky, which is a new film directed by Noah Hawley, who most people know of as a name because he brought us the Fargo TV series. Right, yeah. And that X-Men spin-off show for FX, Legion, starring oh, Dan yeah. Stevens, yeah. who's in this film as Natalie yes. Portman's husband. Yes. With the naffest moustache you've ever seen. Yes. There's a very uh, you know early 60s style uh, well, to this film the as well. the time frame on this is not, is not mm. unless you know your, your NASA. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is it's not really something I couldn't tell when this was set. So this is loosely based on true events involving uh, uh, Lucy Novak, I think her name was, who was right. the astronaut who went up on Discovery in 2006, came back to Earth, had some mental health issues, and suffice it to say, she was eventually arrested for kidnapping a fellow female astronaut and stalking and threatening a male astronaut with whom she was having an extramarital affair. Although she... Like, Extramarital in the film, I think she was divorced in reality. She's played here as Lucy Cola, which is a far more normal name for a human being, obviously. Yeah. Played by Natalie Portman, who's doing this Jodie Foster accent. Yep. Has this uh, Mary Tyler Moore haircut. Yep. Has never been in better shape. Goes up to space, does the full gravity moment where she's staring at the Earth, takes it all in, realises we are all but stardust comes back down to earth, can't quite acclimatise or rebuild any kind of connections with people, her marriage is unsustainable, and, uh, yeah, she ain't having a great time of it. You know how it is. You go up there, you see everything. The whole universe. 
And everything here looks so small. We're so small. And then you splash down, what, you go to Applebee's, you know, Monday night football, clip your toenails. And all you can think about is, when can I go back? Do you know what? I didn't even bother to research who the real Lucy was. <laughs> really? I, I, I actually felt like leaving this film early. I Everyone did. Yeah. I don't think anyone enjoyed right. this. I'll confess, I left yeah. early. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even notice. You are like a Thanks. ninja in a screening yeah. room. Perfect. No, I, it was not for the reasons necessarily of the movie that I left <laughs> early, but I did have to like step out a little bit because I just, the idea, the concept of it should be engaging. Mm-hmm. I think if you're into space, you want to see more space in this movie. There is that. Um, yeah. I think Natalie Portman played it well, but oh, you mean, ugh, the, the, the film is boring. It is, It has it? nothing to it. Yeah. It has no kind of ability of lifting those key issues that you mentioned, the mental health, yeah. you know, all this spiralling out of control. It takes you nowhere. Here's the interesting thing, right. There is a documented uh, track record of people who have walked on the moon having breakdowns, substance abuse problems and mental health issues after the fact. So the actual core concept of this film yeah. does have its its grounding in reality. Obviously it says it's based on true events. It's based on more true events than we actually a greater number of true events than we think. Um, like you say though, it's ponderous navel gazing bilge. It's it's just it's just so. Uh, I mean, it wants to be lofty. In yeah. actuality, it's just rambly. There's I, no characters. Uh, in yeah, it. Well, that's the thing. Like the erratic behaviour mm. would be better if it was more erratic to yeah, give you exactly. something yeah. within this movie. I felt like it plodded along, yeah. just slow and steady, and never went anywhere. Yeah. I thought Dan Stevens was good as this kind of almost cookie cutter husband in yeah. it, which you know would infuriate anyone. Let's <laughs> let's go there though, because there is a great supporting cast here. Yeah. John. Uh, Brilliant. Playing the slime ball that he's so good at, really. Uh, Yeah. Or is he? Uh, Zazie Beetz. Yeah. uh, uh, Jeffrey Donovan from Burn Notice. I'm a big fan of Burn Notice. like him in there. Uh, Tig Nataro. I was was quite happy to see her turn up in a drama as well. Nick Hoffman. Do you know what? I just don't know how they all bought into this. Like, I I don't know what the pitch was to these actors to say... Oscar bait, Noah Hawley. That's what it was. Yeah, but look, have you seen any marketing for this? Absolutely not. Because Mm, as soon as I'm sure the first focus screenings were out for this... Everyone was like, what, what is this? It was intended as a festival baby, and it just got absolutely slammed. I will say, it looks pretty. You know, it just visually looks pretty. Yeah. There's a bit of an over-reliance on bird's-eye view shots to the extent that I genuinely thought that I was watching, like, an HD or <laughs> or HD reissue of, of the old GTA yeah. game from 1999, you know, the old top-down yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's great. The film isn't. Uh, it's rubbish. Avoid it. It wants to be interstellar, but that would be a waste of a pun. And yeah. no, just oh. no, it goes on too long. It's only about two hours five or something. Oh, well, yeah. And you see why people felt left. every minute of it. I just... Yeah, and I had just come out of watching Motherless Brooklyn immediately before, mm. and that was two and a half hours long, and that flew. <laughs> Comparatively, it, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, is that for me, if a film doesn't grip you from the beginning, it doesn't matter how many times the beautiful face of Natalie Portman stares down at Earth, 
I don't really care. Exactly. So um, <laughs> I'll tell you what I did care about, though. Yeah. Uh, it was ordinary love, and I, I expected nothing from this. Oh, this is a, a cancer This is a cancer drama, drama. Yeah. starring uh, Liam Neeson and Leslie Manville. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is kind of a kitchen sink drama. This this has all the visual and stylistic sensibilities of something you'd see on on telly on a weeknight, nine yeah. o'clock kind of a thing. Like Anna Friel is in an ITV drama with <laughs> with Sean Pertwee as the husband. That kind of a thing. Uh, Liam Neeson and Leslie Manville are a middle-aged married couple. They lost their daughter a few years, their adult daughter a few years earlier to uh, some sort of non-specified uh, tragedy. Um, sh- uh, Leslie Manville, as the wife, uh, is diagnosed with breast cancer. And it is about the toll this takes on them as a married couple, the uncertainty uh, that emerges between them, how old wounds suddenly reopen, and just the cracks that form in their marriage. What's going to happen if I've got cancer? There's no point in saying it like that. You don't know. You can't do anything until you know. I know. I know I've got it. So you're a doctor now? You don't have to be a doctor to know things like that. Yes, you do. I know that three is closer to five, and I know I've got breast cancer. Okay. Well, what are you going to do now? I know. Correct. Because you can't do anything because you don't know. Well, that's not an answer. I'm not sure how well I can sit through something like that. That was the interesting thing because, uh, yeah. Did you weep like a baby? I I did weep. Uh, it brought back because a lot of people in the world have experienced yes. firsthand through you know people close to them or themselves yeah. have experienced uh, you know the battle against cancer, and this has quite obviously been written by someone with firsthand knowledge because there was there is a lot of Detail? close there's a close to the bone sensibility to okay. it. There is a, a rawness to it and, okay. and, and as a result you, you get a lot of sincerity a lot of thoughtfulness a lot of consideration yeah. and a lot of it is carried by this amazing screenplay and these two terrific performances that come with genuine chemistry between Liam Neeson well, and Leslie Mandel really great performance I hadn't seen Liam Neeson do this well dramatically in, yeah. in a good one well I've forgotten because like, we do think of him as an action guy now <laughs> in a strange yeah. and way and actually do you know it's a clever move for him yes. to kind of go back it's a shame though because the only thing I would say about this is again I've seen no marketing for this. Uh, again, yeah. I mean, I've seen some tube posters. But, yeah. Uh, a genuinely great movie, though. I don't, don't doesn't. Good. It's not. It's not. Good a, it's hear. not a big showy thing. It doesn't change the game. Yeah. Particularly elevate the game, but it is just. But it's a just wonderful, doing something and doing it yeah. well. It's 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 grounded. You know. Yeah. It, it's grounded and it's sincere. And, and I think I'm it's a genre. I think it's a, jo- a genre of movies that actually, when they're done well, with the heart and the kind of you know the sincerity behind it, then it's. You know, it's solid and it works. Yeah. If it's taken out of context and it's not, and it's gratuitous and stuff, sensationalised. You, yeah. you can't really do it, can you? Exactly. Yeah. So, um, ordinary love. Absolutely worth checking out. What would you give uh, Lucy in the Sky on the thumb scale? Oh God, <laughs> half a thumb. <laughs> that's exactly where I was going to go. Yeah. Like, half a thumb, and that's just because Natalie get Portman's so, good. I get so disappointed when I yeah. waste my time, but that's why we do this. We do this so you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, feel our pain. Yeah, Lucy in the Sky, no diamonds, no sparkle. Ordinary love. I'm going to give. Uh, uh, two thumbs I thought was genuinely great Do we want to start with the bonkers Shia LaBeouf? Yeah let's start with the bonkers Shia LaBeouf right because I've got some thoughts on Honey Boy Did you get to did you get to see her, uh, Honey Boy? Do you know what After I had it in the diary <laughs> and after after Lucy in the sky I was like <laughs> oh. I can't 
<laughs> oh, I just God. can't go and see another movie. I'm going to go home and have I a nap. Did, I did Lucy in the Sky and Honey Boy back to back. And, well, uh, I think I did it the better <sighs> way around with Motherless Brooklyn. Then. Yeah, because you, you did Motherless Brooklyn then, then yeah. uh, Lucy in the Sky. So, uh, Honey Boy, uh, new movie for, by uh, Alma Hotel. Um, this is written by Shia LaBeouf. Okay. And it is written in such a way as to uh, to, to uh, 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 you know, chronicle his own upbringing, effectively. Right. And... Uh, what he's done is he's told the story of his relationship with his father, who evidently was was uh, you know had something of a criminal past. He was a war veteran. He had substance abuse issues, and at the same time was you know tasked with raising his you know child actor son, who's played in his younger years by Noah Jupe, mm. and is played in his in his adult years by by Lucas, uh, by Lucas Hedges, doing a pure Lucas Hedges performance. By the way, can we please have a Lucas Hedges? movie at some point where he's not committed to some kind of facility <laughs> Be- i swear he- hey uh, what was the one with um casey affleck he wasn't committed to a facility in that oh that was well, he was committed to manchester by the seas where he was stuck in a small town and he couldn't get out oh come on I, I just want, I want to see Lucas Hedges travel You want to see him in a somewhere. Marvel film or something, I want to see him travel somewhere. <laughs> That's what it is. Because we had B- uh, Boy Erased last year where yeah. he was committed to a facility. And, you know, it's one of those things. Anyway, so uh, this is it. So this is all about the relationship in his tween years with his dad, played by Shia LaBeouf. Greatest exercise in working out your daddy issues I have wow. ever seen. Yeah. And he's played in his adult years in 2005, by Lucas Hedges when he's committed to rehab to work out the issues stemming from said relationship with father. I'm looking for one of those nines, please. No can be. Jen. No, you did. Jen. No, you did not. Did and you had the six. God damn. I knew it too. I knew you had it. I knew it. I saw it. I saw it on your face. Put it down. 86. I'm getting better. Learning to lie. Well, you lie for a living, poop butt. We all do. I don't. Yeah, you do. No, sir. You lie. I'm telling you, I'm a lot of things. A liar's not one of them, buddy. So I heard a lot of awards noise about mm-hmm. this from, like, I suppose, more indie festival circuits when it first Definitely came out. Definitely indie. Um, I think it did quite well at TIFF. Um, I could be, I could be wrong with that, but I, I feel like it did. It I think, did I think some... it was a TIFF film, yeah. Yeah, I think it was. Anyway, there was a was a bit of buzz about it, and there was a lot of interviews, and Shia LaBeouf wasn't as bonkers as he normally is. I mean, ugh, do we care is right. the question. I will say, if there is even a stick of truth to any of the story that's being spun here, we finally have an explanation as to Shia LaBeouf. Okay. That's all I'm going to say because... To, the paper to be, bag on the head is... Yeah. To be real. frank, it's not surprising Shia LaBeouf is the way he is if any of this is true. I always just thought it was a publicity stunt, you mm. know? I just didn't ever really buy into him being... I just think he's nuts. And to be <laughs> fair, it makes sense now. Um... Right, Shia LaBeouf playing the dad is quite clearly going for so he's swinging for that Oscar Beatty Awards love. I mean, we're now at that step, that point of the year where. But is it is it even yeah. going to hold up for a nom? God no. Okay. God no, because it is waffling,ly self indulgent. To be fair, the whole film is waffling,ly self indulgent. However, me, if I look in the credits, does he exec produce this? Oh, you will that's find. That's where he you'll has. find you'll you'll find whether or not like <laughs> it's like an Elton John Rocketman self indulgence, right? Yeah, I'll absolutely go with that. Um, I can't see him on the uh, on the production list actually. But uh, wouldn't surprise me if he's gone. If, he, if he'd gone the whole hog, produced it, you know, uh, written the score for it, you know, all that nonsense. the theme tune. Do was a costume designer, yeah. you know, <laughs> original yeah. story by, you know, everything like that. Um, 
It is. Uh, it's it's a very indie friendly film. It is very dark. It is very. It's like the whole thing feels like an awards clip reel. You know, when you get the awards yeah. nom clip, this feels like it's just a, a sequence of those clip moments. However, it does have two genuinely great performances from both actors tasked by tasked with playing Shia LaBeouf, although he's called Otis in, in the film notes. Uh, I will say as well, uh, Martin Starr turns up in this in a small role. I'm a very mm-hmm. big fan of Martin mm-hmm. Starr from uh, Silicon Valley, yeah. the Spider-Man, the recent yeah. Spider-Man movies where he's the teacher. Yeah. And I'm a big fan he's of that He's great as a teacher. He's, he's great as a teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't lose another student. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. um, I don't think this is really going to be for, well, I was going to say it wouldn't be for everyone. I don't think it's for anyone who isn't Shia LaBeouf. Interestingly, though, mm. this has had more publicity than Ordinary Love. Yeah, yeah, Lucy in the Sky, which is interesting. So, which is why I was like, I put it on my list to see. Mm. I just, you know, had my innards ripped out of me from Lucy in the Sky. (laughs) (laughs) Arguably, this is the heavy hitter of the week, really. Yeah. Yeah, I say it's just. It, it just doesn't it doesn't work entirely it does is, it make you does it make you like or loathe Shia LaBeouf more it makes me loathe him a little bit more because frankly there is an ungodly amount of self mythologizing in this but also actually the question really is, is does anyone really care no, because Shia LaBeouf is very 2003, isn't he? Yes, so that's the thing. He's not as relevant nowadays. So mm. who really cares about his daddy issues from back then yeah, in order to have it now? Like, if it was someone more prevalent, yes. I'd kind of go, I get it. Put it this way, this does, if you run the numbers on this and start working out certain timelines and events in your head, again, if there's any truth to it, it does put the making of the movie Constantine in a very different context. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we've got one more then in in theatres this week, uh, which is a new National Geographic documentary. Okay. Love a bit of Nat Geo. Oh, this one's a hard one. Okay. Okay, so this is The Cave. So uh, I think it's Ferris Fayad has directed this, and it is the story of a a, a literally a literal underground hospital, a hospital that is made underground. What? Under Al Ghouta in Syria. The movie literally opens with just this wave of bombs being dropped on it, and, and we, we see this in stark, very real, very grounded context, mm. how this city is just levelled on a daily basis, and we go through this wonderful CG opening shot where they sort of pan below the ground, and they tell you that basically there is a group of volunteers who have formed yeah. a makeshift hospital staff. They have created tunnels and an underground hospital known as The Cave, and it is a chronicle of what will become the the final days of this hospital as chemical weapons begin to get dropped as the casualties What's begin the time flooding frame on this? in uh, this is literally within the last five years what this sounds like something like at the turn of the century you, you know? would think that uh, but oh my god this is harrowing really oh yeah I mean say it's, it's all subtitled it is all in Arabic and uh, there's some very strange uh, translations actually incidentally, <laughs> which I appreciate most people wouldn't know but I actually there's a sequence in which a guy's uh, making a phone call and they, they show the subtitle and I'm like that is not what he's saying the sentiment is but that ain't what he's saying yeah and uh, it, it's astonishing to actually see the logistics the day-to-day reality of how this works Things that you wouldn't consider. There's yeah. a staff of 150 people working okay. in this working in this hospital. They can't be they can't be caught. You know, if they can't be seen, they, they they have. But at the same time, they have to take in patients who are coming coming out of a literal war zone. You know, meters above their heads. Wow. And is this as compelling as something like? Do you remember there was a Netflix documentary called The White Helmets? Yes. Yes. Does this kind of go on par with that? Because that was in, that turned out to be obviously it's a Netflix mm. show, but it was very popular, harrowing. Open your eyes to something that yes. you wouldn't. Have 
very similar, very okay. similar terrain. But like I say about the logistics, and just like how do you feed 150 people when yeah. you have no budget? Yeah. And it's go out and buy me five kilos of rice, please, and I'm going to make this enormous drum of rice pudding. Wow. You know, go and buy me, you know, two kilos of margarine. And, yeah. it, and, and, and they have to make this in, like, what's clearly a converted bathroom. Oh, my goodness. And it's, like, it, it's just the logistics of it. Um, doctors who have to perform actual surgery without the tools in this makeshift wood-panelled, you know, surgical suite. And you know how doctors always have the, the sound systems? Yeah. They can listen to the classical music. You've got doctors literally propping Samsung Galaxies up, some cheap Samsung Galaxies up against the wall to play YouTube videos of orchestras and things like that. Oh. It was, uh, you know, and, and as I say, this is all going off. This is all going on as bombs are literally, you know, reverberating yeah. through the wall. And, you know, uh, patients coming in in droves smelling of chlorine and the risk of, are, are we bringing, you know, hazardous materials in with us because we have no way of detecting it. it honestly, you, it's lump-in-throat stuff end-to-end. End. Wow. It's only a 90-minuter, but it is a hard trying watch. I really. think this sounds, though, as, uh, as much as I hate to say it, this mm. is definitely something that if I saw it on Netflix, yeah. I'd probably stop and watch it. You would, but yeah. to take myself out to the cinema and scout out one of the tiny independent cinemas yes, exactly, that it might be yes. seen at, probably not something I'd do, which yeah. is a shame because we should be seeing more films like this. We should. As I said, this is a real eye-opener. I think this is a story that should be seen by more people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, these people in this were actual heroes, but yeah. actual legitimate bona fide heroes. Fascinating. Well, um, I mean, what would you give it? Uh, for me, it's a, it's a, a two thumbs up movie. Yeah, uh, great. For Honey Boy, I'm going to give that a one thumb up because I like the two central performances and also about the stars in it. He's a rock star. Um, but yeah, The Cave, I thought The Cave was tremendous. I mean, for me this week, it's all about The Cave and Ordinary Love. Yeah. I think for you, it's, it's Motherless uh, Brooklyn. Motherless Brooklyn. Yeah. But so, and I could talk options. about that for days, Motherless Brooklyn. I think there's so much to it. So just even if i have just given you a little taster to it then definitely still go and check that out at the cinema it's going to be frosty and cold this weekend you might as well do something nice and warm and i think going to see a good mob movie gangster movie kind of you know pi stuff love all that And we're back. And you know what? It, it, I'll be honest with you, this is my favourite part of the show is when we get to talk about the movies that are on telly, on Freeview. Free. <laughs> because it's free. It doesn't cost me anything. That's what it is. Uh, we get to talk about the great movies that are appearing on TV uh, for the next seven days. On Freeview only, because we're the great equaliser. We like to make sure yep. everyone has access to it. Anyone can pay for Sky Cinema. But what do you get for your TV licence money? That's what we care about. Yeah. And there's so. a good selection this week. It's, yeah. it's, it's a good selection. I, not as Christmassy as I thought. Mm, no, we're not, got, we've not gone there yet, have no. we? I think that might be next week. When that maybe, starts, yeah. maybe. So let's start then. Saturday night, and I was a big fan of this movie. I And this was Oscar nominated. Yep. I think it should have potentially netted a Best Actor Oscar for Brian Cranston. BBC Two, 11.30 on Saturday night. Maybe want to set the uh, set the Sky Plus for the free view record or whatever you have. It is Trumbo from, uh, is that 2016, 2017? 2015. My God, yeah. I remember. This was my first ever award screening that I went to. Ah. Uh, so Brian Cranston plays Dalton Trumbo, uh, writer of some of the biggest movies of the 50s and 60s, who was uh, famously sandbagged and blacklisted by the House Un-American Activities Committee. Uh, you know, outed as a, as a communist, told to name names, couldn't get work to save his life until he stumbled upon a new plan, which was, do you know what, why don't I just do it, not put my name on it, do it in secret, and I'll write all the best movies. And, of course, the legend then became that all these great movies start to come out 
and you know, they were getting nominated for, nominated for and winning Oscars, but nobody knew they were coming from the same guy who could not be named. I'm doing a new picture, and I just got the script. Sure. There must be seven hours of entertainment there. Not a single page is entertaining. <laughs> but there's a good story in there somewhere about one man who tried to take on the whole world. Well, you've got me so far. He was a slave who led a revolt against the Roman Empire. Mm -hmm. What's the title? Spartacus. It looks like, from the poster for this, Yeah. it looks like Capote. Well, it looks like that and there is sort of element to it, but here's the interesting thing about this. I mean, so from our clip, which is Kirk Douglas, you know, pitching Spartacus to him, getting him to, to rewrite Spartacus into what we now know as the masterpiece. Mm. According to Kirk Douglas's own biography, yeah. which I have sat and read cover to cover about six times, that is legitimately almost word for word how that conversation really? went. I can't remember who it is that's playing Kurt Douglas, by the way, but he's got it to a T. Uh, Brian Cranston is amazing, though. Yeah. I mean, he's he's on, he's on fine Brian Cranston-y form. Um, he doesn't. He they, the film doesn't shy away from you know the nastier aspects of Trumbo. Is uh, some of his more workaholic tendencies. There's a great supporting cast in there. Um, you've, you've got uh, Alan Tudyk as as well. Um, it's, and, and also um, I, I forget his name from Jag, who plays a really great interpretation of uh, John Wayne. And this film as well doesn't shy away from painting John Wayne as the draft dodging, sandbagging villain that he actually was. Really? Yeah. Um, also. Uh, Helen Mirren yes. in there which uh, a tremendous role for her kind of think she was born to play so that's Saturday night for you over to Sunday Miss Perfect what you got well, for I, me I always feel like you can't even have a movie in, on TV in a week without Arnie being in it nope. no no exactly no. and this week we've got Commando oh I love Commando I love the waistcoat jacket that he wears in this with no <sighs> shirt underneath it makes me laugh every oh. single time oh no I'm all about that uh, that that forest green no collar rolled up sleeve shirt that he goes through most of the movie <laughs> for no apparent reason you know when he's carrying logs and putting ice cream on his daughter's face yeah yeah do you know, do you know what no the, the, the beauty of this movie is mm. 1985, right? Yeah. The length of this movie is an <laughs> hour and a half. It is, isn't it? And but, but doesn't that show you, right, nowadays, everyone's going, I need to have two and a half hours, need to have... No, you don't. You can have genius in an hour and a half. Nowadays, this would be a 13-episode Netflix with an entire prequel. Uh, but do you know what? You can't talk about Commando with playing, without playing the single greatest line in the in the history of action cinema, which is, of course... Remember, Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what I made you... You did! I lied. Arnie, oh, ladies and gentlemen. There we go. I rest my case. So Shall when's we... that? That's film four. That is on film four. That is a uh, good question. <laughs> Nine o'clock on Sunday. Uh, moving on, someone with a, with a different set of skills to Arnie. Yeah. Yeah. So Liam Neeson, it's taken. It's the same time slot. It's film four, nine o'clock on Monday night. And of course, you know, got, we all... Have they got an action week? Is that what it is? It seems to be. Of course, this is, you know, his daughter is kidnapped. He goes to France to, uh, to get to her To find back. them and kill them. Remember when we didn't know that Liam Neeson were capable of this? Yes. Yeah. And of course, we can't talk about this movie without playing the bit of dialogue. Of course. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you are looking for ransom, I can tell you I don't have money. But what I do have are a very particular set of skills. 
Skills I have acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. If you let my daughter go now, that'll be the end of it. I will not look for you. I will not pursue you. But if you don't, I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Good luck. Best uh, of luck, buddy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the, I remember watching Taken 2 at a screening and Liam Neeson, the brilliance about this, and I think it's the brilliance of things like, mm. you know, Olympus has fallen as well, is when the actors know that they don't need to take themselves so seriously. Very much so, yeah. And you get this, and there was an opener from Liam Neeson that was just like, watch this film tweet about it on social media tell them yeah. about your friends or I will find you I will hunt yeah. you down. <laughs> this, this didn't even open in the US till about a year after we had it crazy so the, the weird thing is I think it, it, it was credited as not making as much money in the US as it could because it just existed on DVD legitimately everywhere else in the world at that point which is a shame well don't worry about DVDs because they're so extinct now that you can just watch it on your telly box <laughs> you're, doing, you're doing a great job of promoting our own DVD segment coming up so. I'm sorry but come on people let's keep up with the times um, anyway Taken that is Monday film for 9 o'clock uh, Tuesday okay alright we can get into Christmas we'll now let's start it alright yeah. okay. let's start it with one of the greats something that was panned by the critics are you going to gift wrap it out. for me I might gift wrap it for you I might put a sprinkle of roses and lavender Dip it well. in yogurt. Dip it in yogurt. Yeah. yeah, all that kind of stuff. Uh, this is Love Actually, ITV2, nine o'clock. Christmas has begun. Forget the Coca-Cola advert. This is the one for you. How do you think the new record compares to your old classic stuff? Oh, come on, Mikey. You know as well as I do, the record's crap. <laughs> but wouldn't it be great if number one this Christmas wasn't some smug teenager, but an old ex-heroin addict searching for a comeback at any price. So if you believe in Father Christmas, children, like your Uncle Billy does, buy my festering turd of a record and particularly enjoy the incredible crassness of the moment when we try to squeeze an extra syllable into the fourth line. <laughs> I think you're referring to, uh, if you really love Christmas... Come on and let it snow. Ouch. Marcus Brigstock, who we forget was in this movie, talking to Bill Nye at BBC Watford. Oh, yes! Yeah, we forget that, we don't we? We definitely forget <laughs> that. That is insane. Yeah. Um, this film, for me, I... It's a classic. It's a classic. Mm. I didn't... Do you know what? I remember watching it when it came out. I was at uni, and I didn't enjoy it first time round. Really? And then I watched it. The I was like, I don't know what the fuss is about. Team America had come out the same year. That was much better. Um, and then the following year, I watched it on DVD, and I just fell in love. I went on a first date to see Love, actually. Oh, really? I dated that girl for two years. She was incredible. Anyway. Uh, do you know what? I've got a little bit of, piece of trivia. Oh. I've got a bit of trivia about this. So there was there was a book that was brought out I think like um, which was kind of the script or the screenplay is brought hmm. out of it and then at the back it talks about it interviews the actors and says you know what's your Christmas gift or who was your first crush and all that kind of stuff and Kira Knightley um puts one of my friends down as really? her, first, her first love. Uh, yeah. my, one of my favourite moments in the whole of Love Actually is, no, I am Colin, god of sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so many great one-liners. This is the thing, it stands the test of time. You know, mm. this is going to be one of those instant classics. They don't make them like they used to. Well, it does also have that really problematic sequence with uh, Andrew Lincoln on uh, Kira Knightley's doorstep, which is now being sold as a T-shirt by Primark. Nice. Yeah, okay, so. fair enough. <laughs> Let's go to Wednesday then. This is, this is one that I've been really looking forward to talking about very briefly. Because you um, said no one ever talks 
talks about it. No one ever talks about this. It should have been huge. So it is the movie that I would say kind of gave us an adult Haley Steinfeld as you know sort of a, a, a bankable actress. Yeah. Although not that bankable because the movie didn't make that much money. It is of course The Edge of Seventeen, which is showing on BBC Two, eleven fifteen on Wednesday night. Uh, she is a neurotic teenager. You know, basically the the usual you know overly introspective teen played by Hayley Steinfeld. She has a long-suffering teacher played by Woody Harrelson who plays it just as Woody Harrelson including, you know, in a moment when she threatens to off herself and he responds with, that's so funny I've just written my own suicide note. I was actually just drafting my own suicide note just now. Dear everybody as some of you know I have 32 fleeting minutes of happiness per school day during lunch which has been eaten up again and again by the same especially badly dressed student. And I finally thought, you know what? I would rather have the dark, empty nothingness. I really would. It sounds relaxing. You are so going to get fired when I actually do it. Well, not for sure, but I can dream. Do you know what? I have seen this. Yeah, you remember this. Yes. Her best friend starts going out with her brother. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. is the central crux and of it. And she just doesn't really know how to cope with it. Yeah. Um, yes, very funny performances. Mm. I think I think when you just said to me that... Um, who is it that plays her teacher? Is it... Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson, Woody Harrelson's yeah. a teacher, yeah. Yes, so when Woody Harrelson... You mentioned that and I was like... I think I understand this. And then I recognised the blue coat with the rainbow. It, exactly. Well, like he it. says, the same horribly dressed student in the club. But that's the thing. Well, this came out around the same time as Mean Earl and the Dying Girl. So I think that got a bit of the, yes. the attention that the folks And actually, away. I, I remember going to see Mean Earl and the Dying Girl and thinking, oh, is this going to. Because that's got like Olivia Cook or something in it. Olivia and, Cook and, and she's Thomas really Mann, good. Yeah. But actually. It didn't. I was like, that's not gonna. That's they not don't gonna sink overlap, it. Do no, they? no, no. But I was like, that doesn't quite work for the audience. Mm. Whereas this exactly. does. If you so if you've not seen The Edge of Seventeen, absolutely yeah. check it. I think it's a really great movie. Solid film. Yeah. So um, Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. Only the Brave. Talk to me about Only the Brave. Are you Only the Brave? Did you get to see Only the Brave? I don't think I did. Right. I sat in the hospital club with Jamie East watching this for the press show, and we had a whale of a time. So this is from Joseph Kaczynski, who gave us Tron Legacy and Oblivion. Oh, uh, I see. I see where you're going. Is doing uh, the Top Gun sequel this, this next is, year. This is one of your types of movies, isn't it? This is absolutely one of my kinds of movies in which Josh Brolin is a smoke jumper. Well, he's not a smoke jumper. He's one of those. He leads a team where they clear the uh, they clear the foliage in order to basically cut off forest fires. Oh, it's extensive gardening. That's it's, what you're watching it, on screen. That's it. It's white knuckle gardening. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. And it's absolutely badass. It's got Jennifer Connelly in it. It's got, believe it or not, it's got Miles Teller in it. And I actually don't mind him in it. Um, it is a really, really good movie. Am I allowed to ask? Go on. What's happened to Miles Teller? Hopefully nothing. The last thing I heard about him was that he got married. Whereas... I think back to him fondly for things like Whiplash, you oh, know? that's the only thing I think I... No, think and uh, War Dogs I quite enjoyed oh, as well. Oh, War Dogs as well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, all being well, someone just locked him in a room and forgot about it. Well, him. I just wondered if he fell out with someone in Hollywood and hasn't really had any work since. I seem to be the only critic he's fallen out with, so... Oh, that? I thought I should have recognised that tone. So, let's... Uh, <laughs> another movie that came and went... Nobody, Moving swiftly yeah. on. <laughs> came and went, nobody noticed. Bit of trivia for you. My family and I actually watched this for the first time the night before my sister's wedding in 2013. Okay. So it is The Big Wedding, which stars... Robert De Niro, Susan Sarandon, Diane Keaton, Topher Grace, Ben Barnes, Catherine Heigl and Robin Williams in um, one of his final turns. Yeah. Yeah. What a cast. Hell of a cast. So the idea is 
Robert De Niro and Diane Keaton, at some point in their marriage, adopted uh, Ben Barnes into the family. Okay. He is now getting married. He is, I think he's Hispanic on his mother's side. His mother comes to visit mm -hmm. and she's very traditional. Robert De Niro is now, is now divorced from Diane Keaton and has married her former best friend, uh, Susan Sarandon. And the idea is they have to pretend to still be married, but that, of course, leaves one very big question from Susan Sarandon. Just pretend to be married for the weekend. What's the big deal? Where would you like me to start? Sweetie, there's just one little part that I'm stuck on. If those two are still married, then what does that make me? My concubine? This is going to go great. <laughs> yeah, it's tons of fun. Uh, even Catherine Heigl's fun in this. That, that's actually how surprising this movie is. Do you know what? Since Suits, I've got a new appreciation for Catherine Heigl. I really? like her. Yeah, I really? like Catherine Heigl. Yeah. I can't stand the woman. Okay. Well, unless he's Bride of Chucky. I quite like her in Bride oh, of Chucky. Oh, come on. You've just heard all the offset, uh, on-set kind of dramas that she causes. No, it's because she always plays that same squealing, pain-in-the-ass character as exemplified by Knocked Up. Well, she doesn't in, in Suits. M the whole thing is she's meant to be kind of unlikable, cold and frosty. Oh, and I feel come like she on. does that too well. Leave me with my suit's okay. love. All right, all right, um, all right. <laughs> it's all about Harvey and he should have been Batman. That's all I'm saying. Fair enough, fair yeah. enough. So should we just give you a quick rundown so, just to recap on when these movies were on yeah, this okay. week? Because we've got Saturday, Trumbo, BBC 2, 11.30pm. We've got Commando, Film 4, 9pm on Sunday. We've got Mondays, Taken, Film 4, 9pm as well. So it might be an action week for Film 4. Definitely. Tuesday, Love Actually, ITV 2, 9 o'clock. Uh, Wednesday, The Edge of 17, BBC 2, 11.15pm. Thursday, Only the Brave, Film 4, 6.20pm. And Friday, capping off your week with The Big Wedding, it is Paramount Channel at 9 o'clock in the evening. Boom, that is a lineup. Welcome back to Off Screen. So we are kicking off with the segment that covers everything you could possibly watch on every kind of platform available. So it's not just DVDs and Blu-rays. It is obviously VOD, video on de yeah. demand and everything else under the sun, except the kitchen sink. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to kick this off with a film that I absolutely loved. I'm then going to talk about something that I haven't seen, mm. <laughs> or you could talk about that, and I don't know why we're talking about it anyway. And then a film that I think is going to cause a bit of debate as well. So, firstly, first and foremost, Blinded by the Light. Bruce Springsteen fans, rejoice. There is a great British film by Kavinda Chada who has just captured the heart of the British nation or my heart should I just say, or at least the people of Watford. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, it is a really lovely story set in the 80s about a kid who becomes obsessed with Bruce Springsteen and it completely dictates his life. It's a true story. It's got an amazing soundtrack and it's something that I think will lift your spirits hugely. What do you want? A show that plays only Bruce Springsteen. Huh? Nothing but Springsteen. <laughs> That's your idea. Bruce has a lot to say to students in this college. How will they know there's something better out there if they don't hear it? My job is to play music that the students will connect to. Yeah, that means bros. That means curiosity. And yes, that even means Debbie Gibson. But Springsteen, he's more what your dad listens to. Not my dad. How to launch a radio station right there. Oh, I mean, this film, for me, put a smile on my face the moment I watched it and I was oh, yeah. bopping away in my seat. That's it, I'm not a Springsteen guy. And me I either. loved this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish this... This is the problem when there's so many films out. Mm. 
stuff like this, which is a true gem, gets lost. So don't let it get lost on um, the ability to watch it in the comfort of your own home. I think if you can, if you're looking for a movie to rent mm -hmm. or to, you know, just to check out because you didn't catch it at the cinema, Blinded by the Light is going to really be the one to watch this weekend. And that's out uh, Monday 9th along with the, the rest oh, well, of these. Oh, well, next week then. Uh, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's talk then about one that uh, came along with some weird controversy. Let's talk about Dora and the Lost City of Gold. So the, the actress in this that plays Dora... Isabella Mona. Yeah, so she was in something recently. In Transformers and Instant Family. No, and but there was something. There was a Christmas. Ah, oh, there was a Christmas movie on Netflix. Of course, it was. What yes. other movies are on Netflix? And I was like, she's really good for this. Yeah. <laughs> and then I looked up her picture and was like, she was Dora the Explorer. Actually, if you're going to cast a teenage version of Dora the Explorer, she is pretty good casting. Yeah. Having said that, I do. I, I, I remember saying to a friend of mine when they announced that she'd been cast, I do remember saying, I don't want to be on Twitter the day this film opens because something very creepy is going to start very, very quickly. Yeah. And you know what? It didn't even take Twitter. It took a critic for, I think, Variety to uh, say some horrifically inappropriate things uh, that then overshadowed the movie itself, which is otherwise a perfectly fine sort of Indiana Jones for tweens Sorry, kind of Sorry, please thing. don't tell me that a critic sort of said that this was like an overly sexualized Dora the Explorer. Uh, no, he complained that it wasn't sexy enough, which is oh. even creepier. And he went into some elaborate detail on the subject. Uh, me, personally, I found it more wow. amusing. Yeah, I know. I found it more amusing that the romantic lead in this is played by Mark Wahlberg's nephew, and a young actor whose name, and I swear I'm not making this up, is Jeff Wahlberg. Which is just incredible. There Surely is a, he earns, owns Wahlburgers. Yeah. Like he fits that chain, right? There's a, there's a Mark Wahlberg, there's a Donny Wahlberg, and imaginative enough, there's a Jeff Wahlberg, <laughs> which sounds like something made up, but it's absolutely true. I kind true. of love that. Yeah. My my friend Hayley um, has a, a five-year-old son and apparently is sick of the sight of this film because she's been made to watch it via screening link so many times now. I, I, I am concerned. I mean, for me, Dora the Explorer is like 10 yeah, well, I mean, I don't really explore the actual anime series for kids. It's for, like, five-year-olds. It's, yeah. it's a sort of shout at the TV, swiping, no swiping. It worried me that you said there's a romantic lead in that. Well, she's a teenager now in this version. That's oh, the thing. I see. It's okay. Dora goes to high school and then goes on an adventure. Oh, I don't think this is a jungle puzzle. This is Pukio. What the flip is a Pukio? It's an ancient underground aqueduct. Inca engineers built some of the most elaborate irrigation systems ever devised. Water from above using gravity. Stop pulling levers, Rundy! So let's talk about the one that's uh, going to get a little bit more divisive, I think. Yeah. Tarantino is back. So Tarantino is back. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is um, a film that kind of, it came out of Cannes and everyone was like, five stars, left, oh, right, yeah, and center. Yeah. This is the best thing since sliced bread. This is a thing to say, don't always, don't, actually, do you know what I'd say? Trust your gut, don't always trust a critic on this. I loved it, but, um, but I can appreciate people who don't. I didn't honest. love it. Did you not For love it? For me, fine. this you know, was... Subjective, very subjective. This was two hours of walking around a back lot with <laughs> Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio chatting and a few weird things happen not Tarantino enough stuff happens and then the last 40 minutes we actually get the storyline which is all about the Manson family and you're like where has this been the whole bloody time but me personally I was I was more invested in the whole Brad Pitt may have killed his wife element but uh... yeah but it was so almost underplayed and just uh, do you know what the, the best thing about this 
and I know we're gonna we're gonna play you a little bit from it, but the best thing about this for me is is the dog food scene. Very true. You know, I I, I gotta look after my dudes. Hey, hey and, and if your dudes were a better match for me, I'd say, oh, okay, you got me. But but, but that, that's not the case, and you know it. He, he's a great match for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, no. Hey, you could do anything you want to him. Th th throw him off a building, right? Light him on fire. Hit him with a Lincoln, right? Get creative. Do whatever you want. He's just, just happy for the opportunity. Rip. I don't dig him. Kurt Russell's little cameo there. And it is a film of cameos, and there was that controversial sequence with Bruce Lee Yeah, as well. but it, you know what? I heard all the hype about that, and then suddenly I was like, mm. oh, come on. Like, you know, it's just, it's its own wonderful PR machine. This is the classic case of a celebrity director yeah. garnering an audience that, in. Fair. That is, yeah. that is absolutely fair. I will go I will go with that. Uh, I mean, Tarantino is arguably the most sort of celebrity director yeah. there is. You know, next to Spielberg, even. Yeah. I, think I would say he's overtaken Spielberg. More people could pick Tarantino out of a lineup than could pick George Lucas or Steven Spielberg. Yeah, 100%. And this film, I would say, is you know the sort of the exemplification of that fact. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk then about streaming this week. We've got a couple that have come out. One of which we haven't been able to watch. I asked, I begged, I was told, <laughs> I was told specifically we're not screening it and we're not sending out any links. And then you realize it's a movie that stars uh, Ryan Reynolds and is written and is directed by Michael Bay, so that makes sense. But we'll get to that in a moment. First there is a documentary on Netflix from Saturday the 7th, Hail Satan. I thought actually as mm. you were leading in, I thought you were talking about this yeah. one. Hail Satan, which I have seen is a okay. pretty good documentary documentary exploring what Saint, what, the, what the Church of Satanism actually is in the wow, modern day. Wow, I'm quite interested in this. Yeah. That'd be quite, yeah, a lot fascinating. Of a lot of subversion, like, for instance, uh, a moment like we're about to play, in which, you know, talking heads, we simply intercut between talking heads, just talking about what brought them into this church. Because I don't like to be involved in groups. I'm not a very social person. Most of my interactions are online. It wasn't until I, I took that step to try to meet these people. That's where it really all came together, and I was terrified that I was just gonna meet a bunch of people that were like, all right, so we're gonna meet up at the church, we'll hand out spray paint cans, and we'll kick over some graves. And everyone was amazing. Like I said, there's an expectation. Mm. Like the guy in the clip says, you know, I just expect them to turn up, they're gonna give me some spray cans and kick over some graves. Nah, they just turned out to be really nice people. And yes, it is a subversion of, of the idea that just because it is the Church of Satanism, it's still a church. Yeah. It still is a re an organized religion in that sense. Very good documentary, worth checking out, because none of us really know this this subject the and way I think, I think, we do you know expect. What? Also, Netflix does documentaries really, really right. well. Um, this was a festival, darling, as well. It went, quite well, went down quite well at festivals. Good. That's good uh, to hear. So is it a, actually a Netflix doc? No, it's one that they have purchased they have acquired. the distribution okay. rights But for. even then, they make clever purchases of oh, that yeah, and whether or not this was a uh, this is one that's already out at the moment but whether or not it was one that they um can they had was a uh, bikram the bikram yoga yes. controversy so you know if you if you need to go somewhere for documentaries netflix is the right way to do it uh now let's talk very very briefly about six underground which i can't wait for this is uh the new michael bay movie netflix just chucked a couple hundred million at michael bay and said do me a favor go and make a michael bay movie and according to ryan reynolds he has made the most michael bayish michael Bay movie that Michael Bay could ever make. It is pure Bayham. It is Ryan Reynolds leading a team that includes who's the guy from EastEnders and Bohemian Rhapsody who played uh, played Roger in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, you know the one I mean? He in it? He's in it. He was it. also in X-Men as like some winged character in there. Angel, yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay, fine. And uh, <laughs> she's one of the original X-Men as well. <laughs> you know that ain't my bag. <laughs> anyway, they are a group of mercenaries who fake their own deaths in order to go into business for themselves and hunt the worst of the worst. These people were declared dead. None of us will be remembered. It's about to happen, Will. Good thing Tony raised the bad ones, right? Who the hell are you? We're no one. If they exist, they can be made not to. Bobby, they have fighter jets! You see that? Yes! You see that? Sorry for yelling. Michael Bay, ladies and gentlemen. Well, if you are a, a Michael Bay fan, that probably is one for you. That is out on Netflix from next Friday. The 13th. Yeah, there we isn't go. Isn't that the day of the election as well? Is the, no, is it's the, the 12th. It's the 12th. It? Oh, yeah, okay. So I thought we were going to have an election Friday. If you need to 13th, recuperate yeah. and recover, then yeah. you probably want to do it with a bit of Michael Bay mindlessness. So we'll detonate the country and then detonate Netflix the following day. 100%. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, do you know what? Solid week this week. Um, you know, we're going to have a few ups and downs of the weeks uh, in terms of its movies because obviously the Christmas run, there's going to be loads of stuff over Boxing Day, New Year kind of stuff, which we might just do a little bit of a look ahead to. Mm-hmm. But it's, um, yeah, it, for, for before we get into all of the Christmas mayhem, mm-hmm. it's quite a nice little, good middle of the road week for movies. And we get to talk about Jumanji next week. I Yay. can't wait. Um, yeah, okay, we both saw it this week. We'll say nothing. <laughs> we won't, but we will say goodbye for yes. now. In which case, uh, I've been Van Connor. I've been Bex Perfect. This has been Offscreen, your seven-day guide to everything movies, and we'll be back again next week.